So a lot of times at the beginning of the school year, teachers like to make name tags for their students. It helps the teacher learn their names, helps the students uh, get to know, come on down, get to know each other's names. So I fashioned myself a name tag today. I'm Mr. Patrick. You can probably tell I'm not Miss Caroline, but I will answer to Mr. Caroline. Okay, I'm, I'm married to Miss Caroline. Um, Margaret and Bennett are my kids. And if you heard Pastor Valerie, she said that Caroline is with our sixth graders today on their confirmation retreat. So I'm filling in today. I have that great pleasure. So on the subject of names, so I have a name tag. Names are very important. Some people say the best sound, the sweetest sound of their ear is the sound of their own name. Doesn't it feel good when someone remembers your name? Casey? Yes? Ryan? Sort of? Okay. I like it when people remember my name. Yep. Do you think that God knows your name? Yes, lots of yeses. I agree. I think God knows your name. I think God thinks that names are very important. In fact, there's many stories in the Bible where God calls people by name. So there's one story where one day Moses saw a burning bush. And when he got close to the bush, he heard a voice from within calling his name, Moses, Moses. And Moses answered, here I am. And another time, Jesus was walking the streets of Jericho, and he stopped, some of you might know this story, and he looked up in a tree, and he said, what name did he say? Zacchaeus, come down right now. I must go to your house today. And when Zacchaeus heard Jesus call his name, he came down. But a really cool story is the one we just heard Mr. Hal uh, teach us in our scripture lesson today. It's about a boy named Samuel. Now, Samuel was the son of Hannah. And Hannah wanted a son more than anything in the world. So she prayed to God, please give me a son. And when she prayed, she told God, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you so he can serve you. And God answered her prayer and gave her a son, Samuel. And she fulfilled her promise. And when he was old enough, she took him to the temple to serve the Lord under Eli. And one night when Samuel was asleep, he heard his name, Samuel. So he got up, and he ran over to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel went back to bed. And then this happened a couple of times. And then after the third time, Eli figured out, I think the Lord is calling Samuel. So what he told Samuel was, Next time you hear him call your name, say, 
trying to remember the words. <laughs> yes, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So when Samuel laid down, he went to sleep, and then he heard his name, Samuel. So Samuel got up and said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I think this story is so cool because it's about a kid being called by name by God. God doesn't just call grown-ups. He calls boys and girls just like you. He has important things for all boys and girls and all grown-ups to do. So when you hear him call your name, say, here I am. So let's pray together. Can everybody grab a hand or an elbow? All right. And let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for Samuel. Thank you for remembering his name. Thank you for knowing my name. When you call my name, help me to answer here I am. Amen. Thank you, boys and girls. You can go have a seat. Thank you so much, Patrick. And yes, God calls... Not just adults, but children too. Today is uh, the Sunday in the church calendar called the Baptism of the Lord, where we remember when Jesus went down to the Jordan to be baptized. It's also an opportunity for us to remember and renew our own baptisms, and we will have an opportunity to do that um, following the message We're going to hear the Gospel of Mark's version about the baptism of the Lord. We are in chapter 1, and we will begin reading at verse 4. Listen for the word of God. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me? O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts 
Be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. There is a series of novels that that I have read um, over the years that I greatly enjoy. Um, I think there's about maybe 17 of them that are out now. The number one ladies detective agency. Is anybody familiar with those? By Alexander McCall Smith. It's also an HBO series, just in case you want to check that out. Um, But they take place in Botswana, in southern Africa. And it's about a woman who is a detective in the capital city, Habarone. And her name is Mahramotse. Ma being equivalent to Mrs. And Mahramotse has her number one ladies detective agency. And she is married to a man named Mr. J.L.B. Matakoni. And as you read all of those novels, he is always referred to just that way. Mr. J.L.B. Matakoni. Never, he's never referred to by a first name or by initials or as Mr. Matakoni. It's Mr. J.L.B. Matakoni. And he is a mechanic. He works on cars. And so in one of the novels, Mahramotse is uh, contemplating a habit that Mr. J.L.B. Matakoni has, and I want to share some of her thoughts with you. Mr. J.L.B. Matakoni regarded cars and their owners as interchangeable or as being one and the same, with the result that he would talk of people who were losing oil or who were in need of body work. It had always amused Mahramotse, and in her mind's eye, she had seen people walking with a dribble of oil stretching out behind them, or with dents in their bodies or limbs. Do you have days where you feel like that? You feel like you've got oil dribbling out of you, or you got a few dents and dings? Yeah, yeah. And I think that it is good and right and appropriate to bring that into this space on the baptism of the Lord in which we have a chance to renew and remember our baptisms because we can come to the fountain with our dings and our dents and spilling oil, can't we? I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit here and say that I think our president's spilling a little oil this week. A few dents and dings there. And the news cycle, of course, this week has been consumed with the president's comments, which were inappropriate. And, of course, the commentators have had a heyday. Some which take a cynical view. And that is, what we have heard out of this man for 45 years is completely in keeping with what we heard this week. Right? I think that's kind of cynical. And then there are those who are dismayed and surprised and Angry, rightfully so. 
But I want to offer a third perspective, and that is this. And this, for me, was a real ouch. I've never been inappropriate. Ha. Us sitting here, there's not anything inappropriate that's ever escaped our mouths, right? I don't mean to be fast and loose and glib, but this is the third perspective I want to offer, is that I believe that the president is a reflection of us, of our culture. It doesn't really matter if you vote for one party or the other party or if you voted for the president or if you did not vote for the president. If he is somehow removed from office or if he serves out his term, if he is reelected, it will not heal the divide because the divide is already there. I think that we somehow transfer our own anxieties and anger onto his person, whether or not we agree with what he says or what he tweets. So whether or not we are angry Americans or whether or not we are dismayed Americans or whether or not we are apathetic Americans. This is the milieu in which we live. And I think that the remedy for disciples of Jesus Christ is to remember that we are not Democrats or Republicans or independents first, but that we are named and claimed and called by God first and foremost, and that that is our stance in the world. We look out from within our own selves, dribbling oil and with our dents and our dings and our imperfections and our inappropriateness, and we look out knowing That just as Jesus went down to the Jordan and felt that water rolling down his face and rolling down his body and heard God's voice say, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. That we, by virtue of baptism, have heard the same words and received the same blessing. That first and foremost, we are gods. We are beloved. And in that blessing and in that call is the stuff of how we respond to the world. When Jesus came up out of the water and the heavens split open, A dove descended, and I think that it's very interesting to note the kind of animal we're talking about here. Not a lion, not an eagle, but a dove, a symbol of peace. 
And as we have received the same blessing, we are called to reflect that in the world. To be people who are beloved is to then share love. To be a people marked by the dove is to be a people of peace. To be a people of reconciliation. My friends, as Patrick so beautifully talked about, God knows our names. God knows us. Imperfections, dings, and dents, all of it. And we are God's. That is first. And it is the last. And it is forever. Forever.